but it's like anyone who's great at something you know like even like a great chef you'll, you'll just say like wait that's you're just using those ingredients and and, and but it's like yeah the way they combine them they're not masking it with something else or they're not dressing it up you know with other things it's the simplicity they're taking these few things that based on their vision right and then they're they're not overdoing it hey guys graham dargie here welcome back to the viewfinders photography podcast so excited to bring you part two of my conversation with chris orwig again chris and i are both portrait photographers so we dive into that but there's so much more to take away here that can apply to any photographer, whatever your specialism is. So stick around. No long intro today, but just a reminder that if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Viewfinders Podcast. And if you've been enjoying the show, why not drop a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts? It really makes a difference to the visibility of the podcast. Okay, without further ado, here's part two of my conversation with the great Chris Orwig. Okay, I wanted to um, touch on something. You have a really brilliant YouTube channel with lots of uh, tutorials, which are really clear and your friendly style works really well. You get straight to the point. I wanted to pick up on something, one of the videos, which I felt like probably encapsulates a lot of your approach but can also, we can get on it to give listeners something to take away with. So um, on this video, there were three points and um, maybe we can expand or discuss those three points, but they were, they were clarify your vision, carry less to capture more and find the light. Um, and I just thought there was so much in that. Why do those three things work so well in, in sequence like that? And can you talk a little bit more about those things? Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, I mean, well, here's what happens to me. So let's say I'm trying to just make up. Well, I'm going to be in New York, as I mentioned, which is exciting for me because I live on the opposite side mm-hmm. of the country. And so it's very creatively inspiring. There's lots of visual you know, inspiration. There's lots of amazing people. It's just, it's it's a moment. And if I walk in that situation without a vision, I'll just end up shooting everything and also nothing. Mm-hmm. And I see that happen all the time. And so I think having a sense of clarity of, of what am I searching for? What am I looking for? Who, and this gets back to myself, you know, who, who am I right now at this stage in my life? <clears throat> and so spending time to articulate that. So even from a standpoint of, let's say last night I did a family photo shoot um, down at the beach. And when I, photograph families, I'm looking for warmth, love, connection, authenticity. There's that Mm -hmm. word again, um, small moments. And so when I define that vision, like if there's, there are always moments where there's frustration in families, you know, the family dynamic kind of goes awry. I don't shoot that. I have colleagues that do because they find that so humorous. And so all their family photo shoots will have these like awkward tense <laughs> moments. And, and that's cause that's part of their vision. And so I just want my students or I want myself to like clear, what is it? What do you like? Mm-hmm. What don't you like? What in New York, what am I actually shooting? Am I going to go shoot? Um, let's say like street photography, you can do street photography, a small person in a big space. 
I could do that. Like my whole vision is small people in big spaces, which means like they fit in the shadows, they fit in the gap between the building and, you know, shooting with like a 35 millimeter focal length. And this is my vision. I'm going to shoot 20 strong traditional street photography photographs that are about light and shadow and space and composition. Um, or I'm going to shoot 20 street photographs that are up close portraits. I'm going to go and I'm going to connect with people on the street, which is what I do usually. And I'm, I'm going to shoot, you know, 10 to 20 of those. So I, I have to fight to do this. I got to get out there. I got to walk the streets. I got to find the people. I got to approach them. I got to get over my nervousness. So anyway, that's all about the clarify the vision. So that's that, mm-hmm. that's first yeah. one is, um, and, and maybe just reflecting that back to you. Do you find that in your own photography that having, you know, when you have lack of clarity versus clarity that the clarity you accomplish more. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I get it from the client, whoever's bringing me in the contact person, marketing person, PR, whoever. Um, and I try and get as much as I can because shoot, that's the, that's the vision, you know, like how they see it, yeah. um, what their brand values are and so on. And cause if you left to like, Oh, you know, just, you know, you know, you know what I mean? you don't inevitably you get it wrong you know so you need to get that cast to you so that's that's for work um you know recreationally if i'm shooting landscape photography yeah i kind of know what i like and what i like to to do with that um so yeah i can definitely vouch for that one yeah okay yeah and that's great to hear i and that made me think of um of one student i'm mentoring who's in india right now and she's just shooting kind of everything under the sun, um, which is great. But what I encourage people, if you don't have vision, let's say you have two days in a town, let's say you're doing travel photography day one, just shoot everything. But day two, impose some kind of limits upon what you're shooting. And, um, even back to like your corporate work, like you were saying, like, yeah, you could kind of shoot some, I think I know what they mean. But then I also know they need three-quarter length. They need vertical shots on a white background. They want them to be positive and strong and snappy, a little edgy because we're a modern company um, versus more traditional lighting. Got it. I'm going to get that. Mm -hmm. Um, So have that clarity. And then the next part is carry less and capture more. And the idea behind that one is – that what tends to happen with people who are newer to photography is they have these camera bags stuffed with all kinds of gear, all kinds of options. And then what they capture usually isn't as strong because again, their vision's like, well, maybe I'm going to do this. Like, let's say me in New York, maybe I'm going to do some architecture stuff. Maybe I'm going to do some traditional street stuff. Maybe I'm going to do some compression. So I need my, my 100 to 400. Maybe I'm going to do stuff on a tripod. I'll do long night exposure. Maybe I'm going to, then I would have this bag that I couldn't even open. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if you can hear my dog. Barking, <laughs> yeah. But, um, it, <laughs> she's out outside right now. Um, but, um, so, but what I, when I spend time with people who are really good at photography, say like a friend, Chris Burkard, he's an outdoor adventure photographer. When I, around him when he shoots it's interesting his kit is actually really small so so he will just have like on him like a camera and a lens and he's in this really really special location but that limitation the carrying of less allows him to be so creative he has to fight for mm-hmm. it because he can't just be like well I'll just use this this or i'll use that or you know 
but he's also not tangled up in the mess of all mm-hmm. of that. So whether or not people own a lot of gear, it's more of a philosophical concept, I think, of saying, you know what, like, let some things go, but really focus in on what it is you want to do. And I, I would, I would even go, like in the classroom, we would talk about brands or companies or restaurants. You know, if you go to say a coffee shop, you know which products they sell, like what kind of coffee and tea they have, what kind of maybe pastries. But they also don't sell hamburgers and French fries and Coke mm-hmm. and popcorn and cotton candy. That would be the, that would be you just it would be the weirdest coffee shop in the world. Yeah. No one would go to it because you're like, what are you? But all good brands are very limited in what they offer when you get to whatever that offering is. I mean, some people will say, well, let's look at Google. They have many different aspects, but there is a thread which connects them. And so, and there always will be exceptions, Mm -hmm. but I think we could, I don't need to go down the brand route, but just this idea of carrying less, like carry less baggage, less like, you know, need to capture everything under the sun and then really like, but do the work, make sure you're doing the work based on your vision. Mm-hmm. So vision first and then execute the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are the first two parts of that process. Does that resonate with you or, or yeah. do you have pushback on that, which would be fine <laughs> or thoughts about No, that? I understand. And I think yeah, obviously like creativity thrives within boundaries I was thinking, I was yes. packing the car on Friday and I was wondering if this would come up when we were going to talk the other day because I took so much stuff with me. I mean, so much stuff comes with me nowadays. And I, and I was talking to you and you know, so much of your work is, is natural light. And I was packing the car going, is all this stuff just a crutch? Do I really need it? And um, so, yeah, maybe that's something for me to reflect on. But yeah, I, I get that. And it's it's a real challenge, I think, to... I, I, re- I recognize what you said about traveling as well. When we went to Japan a few years ago, I took everything, like as much as I could. And yes. I ended up like my back was so killed. Oh. And um, and you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. I've got to change the lens now. I've got to change, oh, and I've got to change it again. And yeah, it's just, it's a nightmare, you know. And But it's it's really counterintuitive for us, isn't it? At the same time to be like, well, I'm not going to, but I might need it. I might need it. Yes. Yeah. Cause, cause all of that is fear, right? I might need this or what about that? And it's second guessing. If only that versus this is what my mentors taught me, you know, they, they would say things like, you know, okay, shoot with one lens for a week and you need to do these images and, and then use this old media card, which only allows you to capture 20 images or something. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah. And so it just brings an intentionality to it. Um, it's an intentionality we used to have with film, which was a quarter per click. Um, And then larger formats, one camera I used, it was every click was $10. Um, And so just that there was some cost associated with it and not that we need to beat ourselves up and, and go back to shooting that way. But I think adding a layer of, okay, what's my intention here? Mm -hmm. What am I trying to say? And then what's that based on my vision, which your vision is based on who you are and what, you care about and what you value um and then i think if you can connect those two it can be a fun way to to elevate your photography and and speak to a wider audience um because i think sometimes we think we speak to a wider audience by just offering more going Mm -hmm. back to the coffee shop Mm -hmm. we think well if we sell cotton candy and 
candy. Well, maybe kids will come to our coffee shop, but really it just, everyone loses. But if you mm-hmm. think of a coffee shop, it's kind of a beautiful concept and it sells coffee and tea and then a couple mm-hmm. other things. That's it. And that's why we enjoy them. That's why people go there to work in them because they're not cluttered. They're not everything. They're just a very small, simple, refreshing one thing, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you look at the great artists out there, they have that. There's a there, Even if they shoot different subject matter, there's a thread, a one thing, um, which comes from their vision, which comes from then executing that vision. And I should say, too, you know, there are occasion where you need a lot of gear or you need a lot of lighting options or a lot of setups or whatever. That's fine. And that comes for most of us later. But I think most of our problems, at least my students, it's, it's that we have, we're bringing too much Mm -hmm. and we're doing that out of fear. And so what I would say is encourage people to just try to keep it simple, try to really understand the gear that you have. I mean, let's go to lighting, for example, this is why one light, workshops are so popular it's like start with one light and then eventually if you're going to add 10 lights that's fine but don't start with 10 (laughs) you know and i think most amateurs they're like oh i need to do all this and then or even my friend chris burkhardt he still keeps it really simple um and he's you know one of the most famous photographers in the world um and i think if people saw how simple he kept it they would be like wait what that's all like that's all you have Mm -hmm. But it's like anyone who's great at something, you know, like even like a great chef, you'll, you'll just say like, wait, that's, you're just using those ingredients. And, mm-hmm. and, and, but it's like, yeah, the way they combine them, they're not masking it with some like something else, or they're not dressing it up, you know, with other mm-hmm. things. It's the simplicity. So that's where that second, that second step comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I love the chef analogy. Um, One of my daughter's friends dad's is a chef like he's a really really good chef and um i'm not like chef at all but i love talking to him because of you know just the creativity and like like what they can do with with little like you're saying um it's i think there's there's a there are parallels there with photography for sure um yeah and then if you think of like i'm not a chef either but i have one friend who's really good as well I think people who aren't good at cooking, they just like add cheese or something. And you're like, or they add a ton of butter or, you know, and the, the real chef, it's the subtlety. It's like, they're taking these few things that based on their vision. Right. And then they're, then they're, they're not overdoing it, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's like the kid version of it is like the kid that like puts too much sugar in the cookie mix. You know, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. sugar is good, but, but you got to have less of that. Right. And so yeah. photography, the sugary stuff, so to speak, we got, we need less of that, less gimmicks, less, all this stuff, get down to some of the basics. Um, you know, and yeah, and so but do, do it well and season, you know, get the nuances good. I think it's, 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 yes. it's good stuff. Yeah. And then, and then the third one now, and I'm blanking on the third one. The third one is was, uh, find the light. Oh yeah. Find the light. Yeah. Yeah. I got so excited about the second one. The food. Um, the food yeah i would say yeah <laughs> i like analogies and all that <laughs> um yeah i think the light is you know photography obviously means writing with light and there's so much written and talked about regarding light and i like this the this idea kind of this search like i mentioned with van gogh and this this finding this discovering 
um, versus maybe this imposing, you know, one of our languages. And I, and I use studio lights too, but is use an external light to overpower the sun, which I think, ah, that's kind of a funny phrase that we're like trying to be bigger, better, stronger than the sun. I mean, technically we are, we're using light in a way that is removing the ambient light out of the equation. But I think with those things, with the vision, with the caring less, and then just kind of having this curiosity, like, hmm, like, what is the light here? Or what if I move a little bit over there? And as you mentioned, I do 90% of my work with uh, available natural light. And when you don't have an external light, you really learn the subtlety of light. And you really have to say, oh my gosh, like people, people, people think, oh, natural light, it's easy or it's sloppy or it's because you're afraid of big lights. It is so much harder. Mm-hmm. And my, my thinking on that is I'm going to go to uh, another analogy, a violinist on the stage. And there she is. If she's in an orchestra and makes a mistake, no one hears it. I mean, most of us don't. If she's playing solo on the stage and it's an acoustic show and thousand people are listening to her she hits one note wrong that's all we hear Mm -hmm. so i find in natural light um it's it's like that you don't have the luxury of this big bold amazing pro photo light that's just you know gonna make whatever wherever you are perfect and wonderful um and so the subtlety uh matters and so for me i find it very challenging very interesting and just this idea this i think you know kind of having the curiosity to find it say okay where is it what where where is this right now and not being afraid of of that search i really enjoy talking this way about photography and i could go on and on but we need yeah, to we too. need to move on yeah um that's why i was saying to you before um, we're, we're not talking about settings and whatnot here but we do for a minute when i talk about your gear um, I know that you're a Sony ambassador, which obviously to people like me who are not ambassadors, we just think that means you get tons of free stuff. I'm sure it doesn't yes. work like that, but that's, that's the perception. Um, so, yeah. but to keep it simple, um, instead of doing like an exhaustive deep dive into your bag, what camera are you using and what's the lens when you put it on the camera? You're just like, yeah, this is my lens. Yeah. I mean, one, back to the Sony thing, it's amazing to be part of that community. Um, and what I love about Sony is they value photographers um, kind of like the way the Olympic committee values athletes. What I mean by that is you can have someone really good at basketball. You can have someone who's really a good sprinter. You can have someone who's really good at archery. Neither of those athletes could play the other person's sport. Some mm-hmm. of them are more front and center and, and, um, popular. Some of them are more, um, abstract, but they kind of build a team that's, that is, has so many different, they value so many different kinds of photography. So that's amazing to be part of a team like that. Right. Because too often ego gets in the way in photography and people are like, well, I'm better than you or some, you know, it's like, no, no, the art isn't a competition, <laughs> even though we have likes and all these things. It's just about being creative and being creative in our own way. So there's that. And then that shapes the gear that I use the shoot last night, the two, you know, I, I use this a camera called the Sony a seven R four. So I had that and a Sony a one and I, the lenses I had were 24 to 70 and an 85. And apart from like 
the actual camera number or anything, I think really for students or for anyone, it's like find a camera that resonates with you, that feels good in your hand, that you like the settings, that all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's almost like finding a guitar. You go to a guitar shop, like, how does it, do you like the sound? Do you, I mean, do you like it? Don't mm -hmm. like, reviews don't really matter anymore. I know mm -hmm. it's bad to say that, but every camera is good enough now. It really is. Like if, if you go to a camera store and blindly just grab a camera, it's going to be good. Nothing's bad anymore. I mean, obviously some have strengths and weaknesses, but so find some that resonates. And then from a focal length perspective, again, think about how it is that you enjoy, appreciate the world. So some landscape photographers, like going back to my friend, Chris Burkhardt, he'll shoot landscapes with a really wide angle lens because you have to get so close when you do that. And it creates a sense of intimacy. And he wants people to feel that sense of intimacy, that closeness. Other people maybe like to shoot landscapes with a really long focal length because they like the sense of compression. So almost like creating a scene that the human eye could never see, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you shoot something at 400 millimeter focal length lens and like the moon looks big, mm -hmm. but it, the eyes don't see it that way, you know, and it looks big and close to the mountain, right? So anyway, just thinking through that. So for me, 24 to 70, it's not too wide. Um, it's kind of right in the right in the middle of being not too wide and also not too much compression. And then the 85, I would say, you know, 90% of my favorite portraits are captured with that one. And I just mm -hmm. love that focal length. I love the working distance. It's about two arms length from your subject. So you're not hollering. You're not saying, hey, tilt your head. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not too far away. If you would, if with a 200 millimeter focal length, you're close, it's conversational, and the look is, it's natural, but slightly heightened. Mm -hmm. So it's slightly favorable, but it still looks like that person, back mm -hmm. to the old authentic word. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's kind of the gear breakdown for me. Okay, the next round is called Double Exposure, okay? And uh, I'm going to ask you about a particular image um, that I've taken a fancy to, and then I'll bounce it back to you to tell me about a memorable shoot or yeah. uh, story from your photography journey. So um, I always pick out a few because you never know what's going to come up along the way. But right. there's a shoot that you did with... Um, I'm going to try this, and please correct me. Is it Yvonne Chouinard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. The yeah. the CEO of Patagonia and um yeah. he just you know he's been in the news quite recently and yes. um so well maybe I'll let you paint the picture of who this man is and the picture because he's he owns a clothing company but in the picture he looks like maybe he's in a, a metal workshop or something like that. So I was wondering what the story is with that picture. Yeah, so he Ivan is the founder of Patagonia and uh, a pioneering mountain climber in Yosemite and other parts of the world, but, um, and also a, an environmentalist. And most recently he has, um, you know, changed the ownership of his company to the whole devotion of his company is to save planet earth. And so he's really done some pioneering work. He's a profoundly impressive person. So that shoot is in his, blacksmith shop where it all started he started making climbing gear for his friends right and 
Um, that is kind of a cliche in a way to do, meaning it's like if you're photographing a basketball player, having them go to the court, you know, their home court or something or a golfer with a golf club. But I felt like that was an important part of his story. So I went there and I guess Mm -hmm. the reason I'm saying that is with my students too, I say, don't be afraid of the cliche, like go there. And, and sometimes you shoot that like I did there, but I also shot an up close portrait of him as well. Um, so I think of it as like a both and kind of occasion And one, you see him in that space. And then that second shot, you see this up close version of him. And at that moment I was asking him about why the environment matters to him. And it's very popular for companies to say the environment matters to us, but I wanted to hear from him. And he told a story just about, this village he had visited and they didn't have access to clean water and a bunch of the kids were going blind and he was just really upset about that. And so for him, the environment is something very personal and very human. It's like the the impact on us as humans. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, I feel like that fills those frames. And so again, like when you, at least for me, when I shoot, when I'm working with someone is like getting them to, you know, having a conversation about something. So that fills the frames versus like, Hey, stand there. That looks cool. Boom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I want the authentic thing. I want, I want the real deal. Um, And so that, that's the story with that one. Yeah. And so that up close portrait is kind of, it's would be your kind of signature shot, right? Or that's, well, that's how I might, I might put it, but yeah. And I know I needed both. So the, the one of them, he's like, in the, the the one up close, he's just standing in the doorway, and then the the background becomes dark because that's how the light falls off. Um, but yeah, and that comes from a friend of mine who really encouraged me to think cinemagraphically. So she would say, like, Chris, get the establishing scene, which shows more. Get like a three quarter shot, a little bit closer, and then the get the up close shot. Mm-hmm. So in that case, maybe I only did two of those. I actually maybe I did a bigger one, but it didn't turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, and that's even that concept though, you know, I think it's a good reminder for all of us to remember, like if you're doing, uh, whatever work it is, let's say if I'm doing a fashion shoot, I could shoot fashion, but I could also shoot a portrait at the same time of someone who's there. It mm-hmm. could be the hair and makeup artist. It could be the model. It could be someone else, but just, just because we're doing one thing doesn't mean we can't do another. And that depends on vision. So for me, vision, I needed to tell the story of the space. That's where this whole thing started. I had to tell that story. That was my vision. I had one camera, one lens. That was it. Don't mm-hmm. carry less, capture more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I had to just really just lean into that and then obviously capture those two images. And I had maybe, you know, two minutes or something, you know, he's a busy guy. And mm-hmm. so it, you know, it's not like you have a, four hours to like create these shoots and build this thing and have assistance, just me and a camera. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of my work is done. How do you find those quick shoots? I like them. Like I would always wish to have more time with people, but the few times, sometimes if it's the CEO or one time I photographed um, this guy who was the first minister of Scotland, that's kind of like a prime oh. minister of yeah. Scotland or yeah. uh, an athlete that was a, a, a world record holder athlete who was in town I managed to swing five minutes with that guy so these ones where you get a real short period of time for me it makes me just go to the thing you know 
Let's yes, get straight yes, to the one yes. the one best idea that I could have or or the one idea I'm going to put my bets on anyway. Yeah. How do you find that time scale of a shoot? Do you work better quick or would you rather have more time? Yeah, I I really resonate with what you said there that you it re, like creativity when given there's some great quote. I'm going to get it wrong, but when given an unlimited amount of space it sprawls. So if you have like, let's say I had 10 hours with, with him, mm-hmm. he would just get so sick of it. It would, mm-hmm. you know, just, just diluted it. It would be horrible. Um, so yeah, I think there is incredible value in that very narrow limit and just saying like, okay, here we go. Even finding the lights like, okay, here's this, there's enough light there. There's enough light here. Okay. Thank you so much. And part of that comes from, you know, a friend of mine who met uh, Bono, the lead singer of the band U2, who is one of his heroes. And um, he met him at his church in Hollywood and Bono and the edge came to this church there. And he met after church, he like saw them and walked up and said, hi, this guy was a musician, whatever. And I said, well, how was it? What was it like? He said, it was so weird because I realized I had so much interest in talking with them meeting them, all of that. And they had no interest in me, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and he just had never thought through that. And he's like, mm-hmm. of course they didn't. They don't know who I am, you know, but I think that that exaggerated example is what happens on a smaller scale to us as photographers. Mm-hmm. Even on the street, we see someone that looks really cool. And we think, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to go photograph. I could photograph this person for four hours, you know, because we could, I, I could photograph someone for four hours and I don't need to eat or drink or sleep. I could just, this is so fascinating. But on the other end, it isn't as at all fascinating. And so like when you meet celebrities or leaders or fascinating people, it's learning how to err on the side of having a light touch and not taking too much time. Mm -hmm. And so I find when you have those creative experiences of very limited time, it's, it's a way to train yourself to like you i'm sure for you let's say a ceo or or the um what was it prime minister yeah the um, first minister first minister yes um you just you're like okay here we go we do this and then we're done and we say thank you and and we you honor them and their time and and would it have been great if they gave you four hours sure but that just doesn't happen in life and that's also not the craft of photography it's a it's a pretty quick craft at the end of the day um I think there are people out there who get, you know, two days with a celebrity, maybe, but I think that era is done. Mm-hmm. I think it's all um, exploring that and being in tune with that. And I would even say, let's say I photograph my sister who loves me and I love her. And if I said, hey, I want to do this shoot because I'm creating this tutorial. And she'd be like, well, how long? I'd say 15 minutes. She'd be like, okay, I, I would need to end that shoot at about 12 minutes not at 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So I need to not just only honor the time I said, but then some even cut it shorter. So long story short, I think embracing the limit as an opportunity to learn and to really refine and hone your skills, boom, that is so, so hugely important. Um, and I, with my students, I would see them just like, kind of almost be sloppy with their time, if that makes sense in my workshops too. And just because they're kind of like, well, I could reshoot it. I'm like, no, you can't like, mm-hmm. like you have to, you have to, that goes back to the thing we were talking about. You got to have the vision. 
you got to have exactly what you need to execute that. You got to find, you know, be curious. What's the light? Okay, here it is. Boom, done. Thank you. Gone. Like that's it. Um, because if you have a lot of time, of course, that's easy. Like that's not hard. You know, if like someone said for the first minister, hey, we we're going to give you 45 minutes with him. You could be like, great. You could talk with him. You could get to know where he stands on certain policies. You could have three sets, walk him through the three sets, give him a cup of tea. Easy. Um, so it's almost like you need less preparation for that than you would for, okay, you're going to get 60 seconds when he walks by this door. Mm -hmm. I need you to engage. I need you to connect. I need one picture and then we're gone. You know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. If what about... Um... People come in front of the camera and they, they, the first thing they say is, I hate being photographed. Oh, yeah. Um, All the time. I, or sometimes if they don't always say that, but you can be chatting mm -hmm. like the little small yeah, talk yeah. before you go. When you lift the camera, you see them kind of go oh like this, gosh, you yeah. know, like so you see them physically tense up. Say you've got that five minutes with somebody, which kind of how do you go? I mean, I know it's different for every person, but yeah, generally, what were you what are you trying to do to kind of just ease that yeah that you know it happens to me all the time you know and i i work really well with people who don't like being photographed that's kind of one of my specialties mm -hmm. and so first of all it comes from being photographed myself so anytime someone says can i take your picture i say yes photographers will always say well i'm more comfortable behind the camera i'm like of course you are mm -hmm. right it's so much easier to take a picture than to be photographed. So um, it would be similar to like, I don't know, maybe if we were a dentist, it would be like, you need to get your teeth cleaned once a month. Just know what it's like to lay in the chair, have someone ask you questions, feel how awkward it is, hear the noise. You know, you got to, you have to experience that. You have to build up that, that, the empathy, empathetic muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, would be the first thing. Like if I was at a workshop and someone said that, I'd be like, all right, I'm shooting you in front of everyone right now. Come in here. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And then, then we talk about the experience and the anxiety they had and how their face went flush and, you know, and all those things. So mm -hmm. empathy, number one, number two is cameras always visible. I never make a big reveal of the camera. So if you have a subject who's nervous and all of a sudden pull it out, the camera out of the bag or something they're like <gasps> you know or like oh what kind you know so camera's just casual it's there it's visible it's not anything scary it's just part of the mix second thing is i take an image really early so if i had like two minutes with someone i'd be like hey like, let me get a quick picture okay yeah so here's what i'm doing and i get the first picture out of the way right. it's similar to a kid being on a high dive if they stay up there for too long they'll never jump mm -hmm. but you got to just get it to the end of the high dive, jump off, mm -hmm. you know, get momentum. Then if they say flat out, um, I feel, you know, I hate having my photograph taken. I say, Oh, I know what you mean. I mean, it is so brutal. I mean, who likes this, but I tell you what, I'll make this, this is going to be easy as possible. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And so I give them, uh, I set their expectation. I, I walk them through what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And I, I see this as an opportunity to connect with them versus as an opportunity to shame them because they're basically saying, I feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And, and you say, Oh, I know this is hard. I'm with you, mm -hmm. you know, but here's, let me tell you, we're going to do one shot by this tree. It'll be really cool because it'll the natural vibe. We'll do one over there on the white background. It'll be really professional and strong. This whole thing's going to take four minutes. Mm -hmm. 
or 30 minutes or whatever it is. Walk with me over here. We'll have my friend over there. Make sure your hair looks good, whatever. But basically I'm building their assurance. I'm not afraid of that comment. When someone says that comment, I'm just like, I'm, I see it as a golden, golden opportunity. The same thing would be if you came over to my house and, and you said, I said, you know, Hey, come on in. We're gonna have dinner. I'm like, how are you doing? He said, you know, I'm really kind of bummed right now because I just got this bad news. I would rather you say that Mm -hmm. than have you have us eat dinner together and just not know what was wrong. But if you, if you said something went wrong, I would say, Oh, I'm so sorry. Tell me about that. Or, or even with the nervousness thing, I don't like being photographed. Like you can, you know, you could say, I get that. Or I might say like, well, when you have been photographed, what are images that you do like of yourself? And they'll, they'll, they'll give you hints. They'll be like, well, I never like it when they get so close to me and they see my chin. I'm like, totally. Yeah, we will not do that. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, wow, this person yeah. is hearing me. Yeah. They're collaborating with me. So that I, I just almost like get excited when that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's what I encourage my students to do is to see that vulnerability. And then if you, if they're not saying it, but you're feeling it, you feel the tension. Mm-hmm. There's different things I'll do to kind of release the tension, ask questions, get them to move, um, breathing, um, or, um, let me just think of one. I was photographing this woman. She was really tense. And I just said, Hey, you know, let's do a photograph with like one of your kids in mind, like pick one of your kids out. And she was like, my son, David, I'm like, okay, close your eyes. Think about something you love about David. So she did that and she just warmed up, melted all the anxiety's gone. And I said, now look back at the camera. And she looked back with this just simple, warm smile, beautiful image. And that was a way to get her off worrying about herself for mm-hmm. her looks. Mm-hmm. So I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really great answer. And I love how you go to empathy. And it's just been a thread that's gone through our conversation and shifting your focus away from yourself, um, you know, kind of putting yourself in other people's shoes kind of thing. But it really comes through in your photography. So I'm glad that you've had the opportunity to kind of illustrate that. Um, yeah. And I think if someone, I mean, looks at my photographs, like right now, if they were to pull them up or something, they would see like, wow you really feel, you know, and, and I'm just saying this kind of in a joking way, but people always tell me, I say, I feel so connected to the person. I feel like I, f- I feel that empathy. I feel like the sense of soul. I feel like you're really, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, because 30 seconds earlier, the person said, I, I hate having my picture taken. And I said, I know mm-hmm. it is so hard. And then once I've said that, then the connection's capable of happening. But if I said, Oh, you're stupid, you look great. You know, yeah, they, yeah. It would be similar if you came over for dinner and said, well, I just had bad news. I'd be like, ah, don't worry about it. Here's a, here's a beer. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm supposed to have fun now, mm-hmm. you know, versus honoring whatever, wherever they're coming from. Yeah. So. Yeah. I totally agree. Amazing. So let me throw this back to you for this round. Okay. Um, is yeah. there a picture or experience or anecdote from your photography journey? That's just super memorable. Hmm. Um, man, <laughs> so many just flash across <laughs> my mind of different, different ones. I think maybe I'll go to one where I was doing a lighting setup on my driveway recently. And I had my daughter take a picture of me 
and she's 10 years old. And she took this photograph of me that's gotten more likes than any of my the photographs I've taken. <laughs> and, and so she just, we talk about that. I'm like, well, you know, next time I go to New York to speak, they, they're probably going to invite you. And she's like, they probably will. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and just the, like, if, if, you know, we were to look at that image, I think you, you see the connection, um, father to daughter in that. And that, again, I guess maybe it comes back around to the whole thing we've been saying is, is that, that, that connection is really what it's about. It's not about the pro photo B10. It's not about the Sony a one and the 85 lens or whatever. I mean, all those things are great and all those things help, but you can take really bad pictures with really great gear and the challenge is to find ways to make the connection. And even there, cause I wanted to take her picture. So I like stepped in front of the camera. Actually I did take her picture, but she, she looked so much different than my subject. So then I had her take a picture of me. So it was a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. So basically then there was a collaborative energy um, happening as well. So anyway, that was a fun experience. Um, and I'm just so proud of her that, that she did that. And that the eye auto tracking is so I autofocus is so good now that these cameras are so good. Mm -hmm. You can hand it to a 10 year old and she gets a, she gets a better picture than, I mean, from Instagram's perspective than I've gotten Mm -hmm. my whole career. Right. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. Um, but kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great picture. (laughs) I know that when you're talking about it. (laughs) So, but, um, cool. Okay. Great answer. It's so funny. You know, it ties into your previous answer and I was, when I I do pictures of myself and I do a setup, I always take try and take yeah. a picture of myself just so I can update my headshot. And also, yeah. again, you're just getting yourself into the rhythm of knowing what you're about to put the people through. And yeah. they think like I can be like smiling. I think I'm like, hey, but yeah. when I look up there in the picture, it's like, so like I have yeah. no smile. Yes. And um, so the thing that I, I started to do to trick myself is to think about my daughter. And that just lets some love well up, you know? So I've been asking people to do that as well in shoots and it's, you've been doing it for years already. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's, that's true. Or the the other thing, one thing my daughter told me not on this shoot, but another time she's like, dad, whenever, whenever someone takes a photograph of you, you always look so mean. (laughs) And and, and I was like, what do you, and I think what it was is I was trying to look cool Yeah. and cool tends to be a little stoic, Mm -hmm. but I was kind of going too far with it. And so um, I, was, I, I realized you're kind of right, you know, so I think you can be calm, but have that warmth well up in you if that's the kind of photograph you want, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and so learning about the variation on your expression even and doing it yourself, like, I don't know, like, yeah, like you were saying, sometimes when you smile, you think, oh, this smile is way overdone. But then you look at it on camera, you realize, no, that's not, that's authentic. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um it's just that we play these weird games in our head and we worry about weird things when we're being photographed. We become highly self-conscious, highly, you know, we start to doubt ourselves. Um, so anyway, that's cool that you do that. It's well. just a trick. Um, yeah. But you can get the most authentic love when you think about those people. So, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, this has been a blast. So appreciate it. This is the final round. Okay. And I call it, okay, okay, I call it motor drive. It's a quick fire round. Okay. Um, boom, boom, boom. So, okay, wide angle or telephoto? 
uh, telephoto. Color or black and white? Um, wow. Color. Expensive lens cloth or the corner of your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> lens cloth. Oh, okay. Because cool. my wife uses my wife uses um, like a, a fabric softener, and so that stuff is so bad for your lenses. Um, but yeah. All right. Oh man. You know, well, you there's so many because it, it makes your shirt smell good, but then there's actually like a, uh, you know, like a, a, I don't know, it's like a plasticky thing on the clothing that makes the clothing soft. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you don't want to get that on your lenses. Um, anyway, keep going. So many people are <laughs> corner of the shirt, so they're all going to yeah, be yeah. getting it now. Um, I'm just going to have to stop using conditioner. Um, what's your <laughs> what, so what's your go to emoji? uh shaka i knew it was gonna be shaka yeah uh okay best california band or musician this is really hard yeah that's easy jack johnson oh cool okay and you photograph yeah 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 so your friends or how did that come up yeah 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 he he they have a home in santa barbara and um he he was i mean the, the one of the photos i have of him which is funny he was biked up to the beach to check the waves and we were chatting and so he's just, he's sitting on his, on his bike, his hands are on the handlebars. You can't see that because I cropped in close, but I think it's just sort of a fitting way to photograph him. He's barefoot. He's on a bike. He's checking the waves. You, you never know that in the picture. Um, but uh, yeah, so I love his music. Cool. I like Jason Mraz. I'm a big Jason Mraz fan. Yes. Um, yes. So what's a weird thing I could find in your camera bag? Harmonica cool okay cool you just bust yeah. it out every now and again and... oh yeah it's even, i'm packing for new york and it's it's on my table to bring with me cool okay <laughs> cool um okay i we've spoken about there's one name that's came up with chris but any photographer that we should just know about people should go check out yes oh man a photographer we should know about let me let me think about this um oh my gosh my mind's racing through all all so many different ones and, and I'm going to answer this a little bit differently because this, this is more about my own journey. I recently have given away maybe 30 photography books. I know that sounds horrible, but I realized that I've had too much input and that I've needed to narrow that down. So mm-hmm. what I would say, I, I know I'm kind of breaking your question, but I would say like follow less photographers um, and I think I do once a year, I unfollow everyone on Instagram and go back to zero. Um, because I think what tends to happen is we do want to get influence from people and we do want to follow photographers who are amazing. And there's so many amazing ones, but what happens to most of us is we do more following than we do creating and we do more mm-hmm. consuming than creating. And so, um, a great creative exercise I mean, anyone who's gutsy enough would be to unfollow, you know, everyone but five people and then just follow those five photographers or friends or whatever for a month. And I think if you did that, you would get so good. I mean, you would you would really, really learn. You would have a mentor. I mean, imagine if you only followed one photographer or only had one photography book mm-hmm. or one photography thing. So again, I think there's different seasons of life and maybe you know, at certain seasons, it's great to have a hundred people that you follow and like, or a thousand people or 5,000 people. Um, but I know for me, less is more. So that's going to be my answer. Cool. <laughs> great answer. Great answer. Okay. 
When do you, this is the last question. Yeah. When do you feel at peace with the universe? Mm. When do I feel at peace with the universe? Well, I practiced yoga this morning. I think yoga is, is a really important part. I think out on walks with my dogs, um, really anything with my family, my wife, my three daughters. But I think maybe, maybe just to get, find it, I think it's definitely outdoors and it's definitely in nature and it's definitely by myself. I think solitude um, has become a really, really important part of who I am and how I approach life. And then um, making sure I cultivate that solitude um, and, you know, um, directly correlates to how good my quality of life and my photography is that makes sense mm. so yeah yeah no it, it does make sense i get it chris thank you okay. so much we've got uh, you've given me a lot of time and, <laughs> this and is great great answers yeah, it's well, been great well let's hang out at some point you know someday when i'm over there you're over here um let's find an excuse to meet up in real time but this is this is the blessing and benefit of of photography is connecting with great people like you so so i really appreciate it Thanks so much for listening. Follow Chris on Instagram and YouTube and check out his website to find out about his books, tutorials and workshops. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out my conversations with Audrey Woolard and the legendary Greg Heisler. That's all for now. I'll be back in two weeks with a very special guest for the 50th episode of this show. So excited about that. In the meantime, enjoy your photography. Take care and I'll see you out there.